It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. What is going on, friends? Welcome to another Monday edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast presented by Pepsi, made for football watching. Pepsi, of course, is here to remind you that due to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or even overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they have joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And this football season, of course, has been very different, but Pepsi's always here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. That will never change. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. What's going on, friends? Billy Rossetti of SI Panthers with you here on another Monday edition of the podcast and another tough setback for the Carolina Panthers, another L on the board. We'll talk about some of the numbers. We'll talk about how both sides of the ball looked or, you know, each each side because it was certainly a tale of kind of two halves or almost like a tale of three quarters, and then one quarter. So we'll kind of break it down a little bit. Again, look at some of the numbers. And then we'll look at where the Panthers stand in terms of the draft order because now it's time to really start honing in on where the Panthers could end up on the draft board. Funnily enough, they're still mathematically in the playoff hunt. But we're going to be a little bit realistic here. But uh, first things first, let's just jump right into... The results and what exactly happened. And again, unfortunately, it's another setback 
for the Carolina Panthers as they fall in week 14 to the Denver Broncos by a score of 32-27. to This is their seventh loss now in the last eight games. So just like the last couple seasons, it of course has been a very, very rough second half of the season for the Carolina Panthers. The only win, of course, in these last few weeks has been, of course, against the Detroit Lions, that 20 to nothing shutout. But it's two losses in a row, and again, five five out or excuse me, six out of seven. Or seven out of eight. Boy, I, I, I can't count. Uh well it was six out of seven. Now it's seven out of eight. Uh since that three and two start and that three game winning streak that they had to get them to three and two. So they now sit at four and nine in the or in the regular season. And it was a it was obviously a rough start to the game. They got themselves in a, a little bit of a hole early and gave away some of the momentum really early in the game. You know, both teams traded three and outs to to start the game. But the momentum swing obviously really started after that first Panthers offensive drive when they when they gave up the punt return for the touchdown. It was actually the first time, I think they said in about four years actually, that the Broncos had returned a punt for a touchdown. So, you know, right away, of course, it was the, the 83-yard punt return from Deontay Spencer. So that really kind of got the ball rolling for the Broncos. But then the Panthers, you know, hung tough. They got that big strips or uh, that big fumble recovery from F.A. Obada, nearly took it all the way for a touchdown. They did, of course, score a couple plays later. That gave them a 7-6 to lead because Denver, of course, had the missed extra point. You know, so they hung in there, but then overall, the Panthers' offense, especially in the first three quarters, just could not get anything going while Denver's offense was really clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Denver ran the ball extremely well pretty much all day, and the Panthers really didn't have an answer to stopping either uh, Melvin Gordon or Phillip Lindsay. In fact, Melvin Gordon wound up with 13 carries for 68 yards, Philip Lindsay didn't feel like he only ended up with 24 yards on 11 carries. There were plays where he certainly ran the ball pretty well, but Melvin Gordon ran the ball, you know, obviously limited action because they they like getting Philip Lindsay in there, but Melvin Gordon really ran the ball well. And again, it's just another factor of the the Panthers rush defense just really struggling all season and that continued. I mean, the the Panthers did hold the Broncos to under 100 yards rushing as a team, but Melvin Gordon still ended up with over five yards per carry, and he was uh, one of the reasons why the Broncos were able to balance things out. And then the Panthers just didn't really have an answer for Drew Locke. You know, somehow the Panthers let Drew Locke have a fantastic game. 21 to 27, four touchdown passes, and the Panthers only got to him one time. So that's been another issue for the Panthers all season is the lack of the lack of sacks. They've been one of the worst teams in the NFL this season uh in terms of getting to the opposing quarterback and that that farewell again yesterday. On um, and on the flip side, the Panthers offensive line once again struggling to protect Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater was 30 of 40 for 283 yards. 
but he was sacked four times. So the the number of sacks is really starting to climb up a little bit for the Carolina Panthers. And we've obviously talked about in uh, in recent weeks the the likely need now for interior off or not likely the definite need of uh, interior offensive linemen. They've got to f- figure out a way to protect their quarterback, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, whether it's you know whoever the case may be. But that was another big issue, and obviously a, a huge factor as to why the Panthers couldn't really move the ball well at all in the first three quarters. The fourth quarter obviously was a much different story, but for the first three quarters, it was a uh, it, it was a rough go. In fact, looking at some of these numbers, at least in recent games, this is the third game out of the last five that Teddy Bridgewater played in that he's been sacked at least twice. The Chiefs got to him twice. Falcons got to him three times in that Thursday night game. And then, of course, yesterday the Broncos got to him four times. He did go go without a sack against the Vikings before the bye week and, of course, did not play against the Lions. But... He's been uh he he's been rattled a little bit and even taking away the sacks. Teddy Bridgewater has been so so the uh the last few weeks. It's not like he's been I mean, yeah, he's completing 75% of his passes, but we know a lot of these passes are short passes. The Panthers are really aren't, uh, or at least he completed 75% of his passes yesterday, I, I should say. But he's really not chucking the ball a lot, as you'd probably like to see quarterbacks do. And that's obviously why they're in, they're in the market. I've seen some people mention, say that the Panthers are in, um, you know, I saw from the Panthers wire, the, the one article they wrote, Panthers are in quarterback purgatory. And I think that's a fair way to put it because Teddy's not he's not bad, but he lately has had moments where he's not really showing that he's going to be or he should be the guy going forward. So it's it's tough to say and especially with where the Panthers are are currently positioned in the draft. Uh, they're going to be in a good position to find their their new quarterback and you know start to build that bridge from Teddy Bridgewater to whoever the next quarterback is going to be. But he did rush for a touchdown yesterday, which was nice to see. That was his uh, fourth rushing touchdown of the season, and Mike Davis ran for two touchdowns as well. You know that fourth quarter, like I said, things really started to pick up. Uh, they moved the ball really well. They were uh, pretty quick with a lot of things. They took advantage of um, of some miscues by the Broncos, but the the hole they were in just turned out to be a little too big, and then they gave up a touchdown in, in the fourth quarter that kind of sealed the deal for the Broncos as well. Uh, you know, they were down 25 to 10 at one point, uh, or, at least, or going, especially going into the fourth quarter, they're down 25 to 10. So rough day at the office, but you at least have to like the way they fought at, at the end of the game, which has been 
one of the constant themes of this uh, of this Carolina Panthers team this season. They they will fight you tooth and nail. They'll fight you to the bitter end, and you know you're going to look back at the schedule, look back at the season, and obviously see a lot of one possession games that this team lost. You know, just going back, they lost by four to the Buck, or they lost by four to the Raiders. They lost by seven to the Bears, lost by three to the Saints, eight to the Falcons, two to the Chiefs, one point against the Vikings, of course, the lead they blew, and then five points yesterday against the Broncos. So that's a handful of games that they only lost by eight points or less. You know, the only game that really the only games that really got away from them were the two games against the Buccaneers. So they start to flip some of these one-score games around. They're going to eventually make their way back into contendership in the NFC South and the NFC as a whole. But, you know, it's never a, it's never a good pill to, to swallow with these kind of games. Again, especially with a guy like Drew Locke. You know, no offense to Drew Locke, but, you know, it's... Uh, Tough pill for the Panthers to swallow that Locke was able to throw four touchdowns against him, especially two to KJ Hamler, just making Rasul Douglas look absolutely silly. Um, and it just kind of further, you know, Rasul Douglas has really taken a, a downward hit in recent weeks as well. And it just shows that cornerback is going to be another major need for this team. So, rough day at the office. But again, they fought hard, but they fell short. Again, 32 to 27 was the final as the Panthers are now four and nine on the season. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. And so now when we flip the script here and we start looking at um, where the Panthers stand in the draft door. Like I said, I, I did kind of briefly mention at the top. Interestingly enough, the Panthers are still mathematically alive in the playoff race, even though they are actually sitting dead last in the NFC at 4-9. There's three teams in the NFC that are 4-9. The Cowboys, the Falcons, and the Panthers. And, of course, the Panthers uh, fall behind the Falcons. Dallas, of course, would beat Atlanta head-to-head. -head, 
Atlanta beats Carolina in the division tiebreak. So Carolina is dead last right now in the NFC, but they are still mathematically alive while the Atlanta Falcons are not. And that pretty much just has to do with the fact that the last team in the playoffs right now are the Arizona Cardinals at 7-6. and six. The Panthers can technically catch them at 7-9. and nine. And, of course, the Panthers do own the tiebreak. You know, of course, have the head-to-head over the Cardinals. But they would need a, lo- a lot to happen. Number one, I think they would... I think they actually need... Because Minnesota and Chicago play each other this week. That game, I think, would have to end in a tie for the Panthers to have any sort of hope. So, yeah, we're talking about an unrealistic situation here for the Panthers to make the playoffs. But it is just interesting to note that the Carolina Panthers are still technically mathematically alive in the playoffs, while the Atlanta Falcons are out. They are the first and currently only team in the NFC that has officially been eliminated from the playoffs. And then there's five teams in the AFC that are officially eliminated. The Texans, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Jaguars, and the Jets. So it's more now we're talking about the draft order and where the Panthers stand in the draft and where they could stand. Right now, Thanks to a bunch of results, particularly the Eagles stunning the Saints on Sunday. The Panthers have actually moved up to number six on the draft board. Actually, they're tied for six with the Atlanta Falcons. Both teams are four and nine, and both currently have a full season strength of schedule of 538. So then the next tiebreaker. Because these teams are in the same division, the next tiebreaker would actually then be a division record, and whichever team has the worst division record would get the higher pick. In this case, that is Carolina. They, of course, are 1-4 and four in the division. The Atlanta Falcons are 1-3. and three. Head-to-head has no bearing. Remember, when it, when it comes to draft order, there is no head-to-head tiebreaker. But, of course, even if there was... That wouldn't apply here because the Panthers and Falcons split. But there is no tiebreaker. You know, so for example, the Panthers and the Chargers doesn't matter that the Panthers beat the Chargers. It just goes by strength of schedule. And Dallas and L.A. are currently ahead of Carolina. And both of them have a much easier, by about 50 points actually, a much easier strength of schedule. Obviously... Dallas, it's understandable. That's what happens when the team leading your division is 6-7. and seven. Uh, The Chargers, they, of course, have played some pretty bad teams this season as well. So that's why those teams have a much easier strength of schedule than the Panthers. But it is still possible that the Panthers can make it to the into the top five. If we look at the remaining schedules... We obviously know where the Panthers stand. They have Green Bay on Saturday night. And by the way, I'm very much looking forward to this week's crossover Thursday. I hope you guys are too because it's another one of my favorite hosts here on the network, Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers. So very excited to talk to him. Packers on Saturday night. And then, of course, Washington, which is, again, even at 6-7, and seven, we know Washington has been playing very well lately and... 
with the Giants losing, Washington now looks like a, a pretty strong favorite to win the NFC East now. And then, of course, they have New Orleans in Week 17, and New Orleans will probably have something to play for because they're now tied with the Saints, or tied with the Packers, excuse me, at 10-3, and three, atop the... NFC, uh, top the NFC standing. So, very tough schedule for the Panthers. We can probably chalk them into at least 11 losses and possibly 12. I don't think anybody at this point would be surprised now if the Panthers lose their last three games and finish 4 and 12. The only team, and this is using uh, Tankathon, or looking at their list, but it also is just based on the team's records. The only team with a tougher remaining schedule than the Panthers are their buddies, the Atlanta Falcons, because they still actually have both games remaining. They haven't even seen the Buccaneers yet. This is the classic, you don't see your division, one of your division opponents until week 15, and then play them again in week 17. That's the Falcons' case with the Buccaneers. And oh, by the way, those games sandwich the 12-1 Kansas City Chiefs. So, Falcons have a very tough schedule remaining, Certainly possible they finish four and twelve as well. Although they can certainly, it's certainly possible they split with the Buccaneers and get to five wins. As far as the other four and nine teams, the Chargers, they have a pretty tough schedule as well. In fact, it's all all division left for the Chargers. They have the uh, they actually have the Raiders on Thursday night, and then they still play the Chiefs and the Broncos to close the season. But then Dallas is actually way down at the bottom of the list. They actually have the third easiest remaining schedule. Dallas's last three games, they've got San Francisco next week, then they play Philadelphia, and then they play the Giants. Now again, this is all just based on uh, the team's records. But that's Dallas's remaining remaining schedule. Three games, all against teams with losing records. The 49ers, the Eagles, and the Giants. So, very possible Dallas can win at least one of these games. Maybe even two. Maybe even all three. Who knows? So, it's certainly possible. Uh, because those are the only two teams that the Panthers right now would have to jump to get into... The top five, either the Cowboys or the Chargers. So it's still very possible the Panthers make their way into the top five of the draft. That would put them in great position to take any of the quarterbacks that they want, save for Trevor Lawrence and probably Justin Fields. If they want Micah Parsons, he'll probably be in that range. If they want Jamar Chase, he could certainly be there. So. Panthers are setting themselves up nicely to pick up a uh, a really good player with the uh, with their first round pick. Again, it does currently sit at number six, but they are right there to jump into the top five. Now, interestingly enough, they could also drop quite a few places because if you look at the draft order right now, there are a bunch of teams sitting with either four or five wins. In fact, only one game separates the number four team, or the team currently sitting in the fourth spot in the draft, the Dallas Cowboys, from the team currently sitting in the 13th spot of the draft, 
And that's the team the Panthers just lost to, the Denver Broncos. Now, the Cowboys and the Chargers have easier schedules than some of those teams, but the Panthers have tougher schedules than some of the teams that they're only a game ahead of. The Panthers are sitting at a 538 schedule strength right now, whereas a team like the New York Giants, who are 5-8, and eight, are only at 498. The Detroit Lions are at 510. So, should the Panthers win, say, a game or two, they could very easily fall out of the top 10 altogether. And then you can probably forget about Jamar Chase. You can probably forget about, uh, you know, the quarterback situation would still be in play, depending on some of these other teams. So, really going to be interesting. Now, obviously, the Panthers aren't going to just lay down in these last three games. They're going to fight hard, as they showed yesterday against the Broncos. You know, that could have been an easy game where they say, well, we're both 4-9. and nine. We're both going to try for, you know, improving our draft position. Both teams played hard all game long. It's just the Broncos wound up getting the win. Yeah, it obviously cost them in draft positioning as Denver's now sitting 13th in the draft order. Carolina is at 6. But these teams aren't tanking. We know it's tough to tank in the NFL. It's just... It just happens that the Panthers have a tough remaining schedule in their last three weeks. They've got the two 10-win teams in the NFC and then division-leading Washington as their last three games. And we know that Washington game obviously is going to be very emotional because it's Ron Rivera against his former team. So, like I said, it would not surprise me if the Panthers lose their final three games, finish 4-12, and very possibly get into the top five, maybe even to the top four. They're Unlikely to get into the top three. The top three of the draft is pretty much set at this point. It's going to be the Jaguar, uh, the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Bengals. But the Panthers could still get up as high as number four in the draft. I mean, technically, I guess they could get, get to number three, but that would require the Bengals winning out, and that's probably not going to happen. So four is four is the ceiling right now for the Panthers. But if they win a couple games, they could fall completely out of the top 10 and end up probably in that, you know, 10, 11 range. So we'll see what happens. Should be a really interesting final three weeks as the draft order for the Panthers starts to come into focus. Real quick, too, just wanted to give a shout out to... Our friends at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar ever. Want to thank them for their support here at the podcast. Always been a, a great run with them. Always enjoy their product. Always hope you guys do as well. Hey, it'd be a great Christmas present for for somebody out there. For those of you, if you're still going out to the gym or whatever the case may be, this is a great snack for you to get that protein, get the deliciousness you need, and get the nutrition you need while basically eating a candy bar. What could be better than that? And, of course, it comes in 18 amazing flavors, nut flavors, non-nut flavors, whatever the case may be. They have it. They're 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Just a great bar for going out or even just as a a treat, just as a, a snack. It's perfect either way. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Like I said, don't don't just take my word for it. 
try it for yourselves if you haven't. I promise you will not be disappointed. And you'll save a little bit of money with us as well when you use our promo code Locked On, as they will get you 20% off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com, promo code Locked On, and you will get 20% off your next order. Before we wrap things up here, um, I d- think it's going to be a, a bit of an interesting idea here, too. Because there's only three weeks left, because we know where the Panthers are kind of going to stand in the in the 2020 season, let's start looking ahead already. Because, again, this, this season's more or less over for all intents and purposes. Why not take a look? Because I've been seeing some of these post a little bit on Twitter as well. I saw someone do it with the Bills last night on Twitter. We're starting to see the 2021 schedule start to come into shape. Obviously, we know 14 of the 16 games that are already set, and then the other two are going to start to become, you know, coming into focus for the Panthers as well. So let's take a jump through a little bit here. Let's look into the future and start to preview a little bit what the Panthers are going to be looking at in 2021. We know, obviously, it starts with the six division games, as always. Division rotation in the NFC for 2021 is going to take them to the NFC East. So, we know you never know know what can happen with the NFC East, uh, so those could be four tough games for the Panthers. They could be four easy games for the Panthers. You just never know. Uh, but they will play the NFC East this year. They will be home against the Washington football team. So we mentioned that before. That's going to be really emotional because that'll be Ron Rivera's first trip back to Charlotte since leaving the Panthers. But Washington will take a trip to Carolina, as will the Philadelphia Eagles. Will Carson Wentz still be the quarterback? Will it be Jalen Hurts? Who knows? But those two teams from the NFC East will come to Charlotte. The Panthers will hit the road against the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. On the AFC side, they are also going to see the East Division. Uh, And that's why it was also interesting to see that Bills post last night on Twitter of them posting the schedule because that's one that's a matchup right there for Panthers to get ready for. The Panthers will be in Buffalo next season to take on the Bills. Uh, so looking ahead to crossover Thursdays next year as well. Looking forward to talking to my buddy Joe Marino as well as my buddy Kyle Krabs. I'll get to hit up both of the draft dudes next season as those will actually be the two road games in the AFC East for the Panthers. They'll be at Buffalo to face the Bills, and they'll travel to Miami to take on the Dolphins. So that obviously means they'll be home against the New England Patriots, and in all likelihood, Trevor Lawrence and the New York Jets. The two remaining games, of course, they'll have a home game against the NFC North and a road game against the NFC West, and that is looking at this point... That is going to be home against the Detroit Lions. And then on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. As it's 
looking likely that those are going to be the two last place teams. The Lions are five and eight, and a game behind the Vikings and the and the Bears. Again, those two teams do play each other this week. The Vikings and the Lion, or excuse me, the Vikings and the Bears. Uh, but the Lions do still have a game against the Vikings in Week 17. So we'll see what happens. But uh, the Lions sitting in last place in the NFC North. And then in all likelihood, the 49ers are going to finish last. In fact, at this point, they're almost assured of finishing last in the NFC West. They're sitting at 5-8. and eight. The Cardinals are in third place in the division at 7-6. and six. And the Cardinals, I believe, they, uh, they beat the 49ers in Week 1. And then they play each other again in Week 16. So, yeah, in all likelihood... The 49ers will finish last. So those are going to be... So again, as we, as we look ahead to the 2021 opponents, those are likely going to be the two spots filled in or, be, or being filled in on the Panthers' schedule. Home against the Detroit Lions. On the road against the San Francisco 49ers. So we'll get to talk to Matt Derry again next year in all likelihood. And I'll get to catch up with... Brian Peacock in terms of crossover Thursday next year. Guy I haven't talked to in a couple years. It's been a couple years since the Panthers have played the 49ers. So excited to get back in action with him. So again, that's what the Panthers have to look forward to in 2021. So again, the NFC, there are six division games. NFC East on the schedule. Home against Philadelphia and Washington. On the road against New York and Dallas. AFC East on the schedule. They'll be home against New England and the Jets on the road against the Bills and the Dolphins. So they'll play both. So they'll play, well, technically all the New York teams. They'll play both New York slash New Jersey teams, but only travel to, to MetLife Stadium once. They'll be at the Giants, home against the Jets, and then again at the Bills, at the Dolphins, and then... Looking most likely at this point that they will be home against the Lions at the 49ers. Obviously, that could change. You know, they can get into third in the division. That would slot them to visit Arizona and play the Cardinals. And it could also mean they would be home against either the Vikings or the Bears. But the Lions and the 49ers right now is looking like the possible option. So that's a look ahead to 2021. And soon we'll be looking ahead to the 2021 draft. But bottom line is it's crazy to believe that there's only three weeks left in the season. And week 15, of course, is going to be here pretty quick. As again, it is a short week. Reminder, the game, in case you guys missed it or have been living under a rock or whatever the case may be, it is a Saturday night game. Week 15 for the Panthers at the Packers. So, again, be on the lookout Thursday for crossover Thursday myself and Peter Bukowski also be on the lookout too for the NBA season preview here on the locked on podcast network as the wait is almost over the 2020-21 NBA season is almost here in fact it starts a week tomorrow if I remember correctly the 22nd and the locked on NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning today December 14th. Get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts. 
plus waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions from each division from Rejecting the Screen. So subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. So definitely subscribe to them and appreciate you guys that subscribe to me here on locked on Panthers. Appreciate the ride again. Crazy. There's only three weeks left, but it's going to be another fun ending to the season here and it'll be a fun run through the draft process. So that's going to do it for this Monday edition. I'm out of here. Appreciate you guys tuning in again. Follow me on Twitter at bill underscore Setti R I C C E T T E. Follow the podcast wherever you get them. And we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. We will see you soon. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.